Hi, you're listening to Only Therapists in the Building, a podcast brought to you by Connect Counseling Center in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, here to demystify therapy and the people who do it for a living. Hello and welcome back to Only Therapists in the Building. My name is Tommy and we are with Connect Counseling Center in Mount Juliet coming to you with another podcast. This week we want to talk about therapeutic relationships, um, the importance of them, and kind of the characteristics of what makes those things important. We all have been talking and discussing over the last couple of weeks of what what makes them uh, so important? And so Jen and Beck are with me, of course. Hello, uh, hello. And uh, and they also they wanted to talk about Arby's today. They said that's probably one of their quintessential things <laughs> they want to talk about. And um, you know, I vetoed it. I said no. Mm. All right, today is therapeutic alliances, but that also sounds a little um, controlling. So I apologize, guys. Um, first and foremost, um, so sorry about all those emails. <laughs> My inbox was a little full. Yeah. Yeah. We forgive you, Tommy. It's okay. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. So a fun way to hop into this um, is I've I've heard that we all like watching TV shows and movies. Um, that's the buzz. That's the skerfuffle. Um, <laughs> so I thought that it could be cool if we talk about therapists that we think uh, kind of embody a good therapist, um, whatever that, you know, kind of those ideals are for us, what makes a good therapist to us, and also kind of talking more potentially about the therapeutic relationship as well uh, within all of that. So who would like to go first? I've got a list. Boom. <laughs> Dr. Jane came prepared. Whoa. I came 100% prepared, um, and that's because I have a fear of not being prepared. Thank you. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm trying to look at my list, but I could probably just talk about it. Okay, so the first therapist that I would like to bring up is from the TV show The Sopranos. Um, Dr. I don't know how to say her last name. Jennifer Meefy? Is there an L in there? I don't know. From The Sopranos. That sounds good. Yeah, thanks. We're name twins, which is pretty exciting. My first name, too, is Jennifer, if you didn't know. Um, Whoa. Jennifer Meefy? <laughs> No. Okay. Anyway, um, so yeah, so I wanted to start with her because I feel like, like this show, if anyone who has watched the show, and I will be the first to say, like, I did not watch all of it because some parts are hard to watch and some parts, like, I'm just like, this is not my life. Um, I think she did a really, really great job of being a successful and um, efficacious and just really awesome therapist within this really really tough thing. I mean, she is doing therapy with someone who could potentially kill her or hire someone to kill yeah, her. And right. while I don't think any of us in this room have worked with individuals who were part of mafias or mobs or hitmen or anything like that. Or PTAs. Um, yeah, that's <laughs> tough too. HOAs, those are huh, tough. Um, we haven't worked with any of those, but like to set boundaries with a client or to sit with those really negative emotions, like Tommy was saying way earlier this morning, 
um, or to just kind of like be a part of that hard hard thing and in that hard relationship is is really tough really hard and she does a really wonderful um job with that and tommy mentioned too there is portions of this therapeutic relationship or of the therapy where the main character kind of comes on to her makes romantic ish um kind of statements and she like really holds that line and then even past that which is even more amazing um they continue to do really good work and continue to have a really amazing therapeutic alliance because I feel like she is you know really genuine really like this is not what this is she's really bold in her part in his life and what it is and what it is not um and I think she is phenomenal in that aspect comments nice <laughs> thank nice. you thank you i like i like dr jen i think that i mean the whole structure of the show is kind of centered on obviously this uh you know it's it's kind of like a comical sense or or whatever of this you know wise guy mafia person that's like going to therapy you know and so i mean really the bulk of the majority of you know the beginning of of sopranos is like nobody needs to know that tony's going to therapy right because he's weak or he's soft and and so it really is like cool to kind of see you know in that and this is i think early 2000s you know Mm -hmm. them really taking a look at you know like you said what makes a good therapy situation and so i think she did great i think they wrote her great i think she shows boundaries for a person that is super scary and um so i'm with you i think that yeah dr jen is really cool um she is and she really kind of you know i think she has this like good balance of like kind of not really caring for some of the things that tony does but also you know validating his emotions and his you know you know, what he needs from, from his other relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This is the part where I confess that I've never actually seen an episode <gasps> of The Sopranos. I'm so surprised. You know everything. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. Why didn't I know that? Okay. Well, All right. Well, fine. We'll what, about, uh, what about the altos or the tenors? Uh, you know, a big fan of the altos. The Sopranos, yeah. a little shrill sometimes. Yeah. For sure. Hard. Yeah. I always tell the the tenors to never mind. I was, uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> but I love this explanation and of uh, the things that you admire about her. Yeah, boundary setting is hard for our clients, for ourselves. Like, it's tough to do appropriately and effectively. And, and it's nice to see that portrayed on, portrayed yes. on the screen, just because that's where so many screen therapists oh fall God, short. Yes. Can we just say yes? Yes, <laughs> yes. yes. They're always getting into. Real Really, uh, I mean, they're always getting into sexual relationships. I feel like I, when I was thinking about this, you know, it's like they always portray like therapist as the forbidden fruit of like, like, oh, you helped me with my stuff. Now we have a relationship. <laughs> and it's like, it it's like, guys, that's not what therapy <laughs> no. is. And let's not do this, you know. And, and I feel like they're doing better now with media, you know. But I, I just I just feel like that was super like 1990s and, and 2000s. It was like, you go to a therapist. Now you're in love. The end, you know, I was like, no, 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 no. Um. (laughs) Even as I was thinking about my own list, I realized the first screen therapist I ever saw, and actually the first thing that really taught me what therapy was, was probably Fraser Crane. Mm. Okay. Love me some Fraser Crane. Love the TV show Fraser. Within that show, he's very concerned with ethics. There's some really great episodes concerned with sort of the ethics of his work. But then if you go back to the Cheers days, he totally gets engaged to a woman he met at a psychiatric hospital where she was under his treatment. Mm-hmm. Right. Fraser and Diane, problematic, y'all. Yes. And I feel like 
like in the early, early days of psychology and counseling, maybe maybe more psychology and psychiatry, like that was that was a thing, right? Like psychologists were marrying their grad students and like all kinds of stuff like that. So I feel like that does have some historic backing, maybe for lack of a better word. And it's still wrong. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's focus on that part. It's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's there's we've gone through growth and development in this field and in the very in the very same way that we're talking about healthy relationships with your you know therapist i mean there is all sorts of boundaries that we have to have mm-hmm. you know and that makes me think of my uh, my favorite person and it's from Ted Lasso um, if you haven't watched that show you should, so watch that show. Yeah, you, should, you should watch that <laughs> it's show. Yeah, you should watch that show. It's so good, Jen. I'm looking yeah. directly at you. I haven't yeah. watched it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> I would watch that. If you haven't watched Ted Lasso or The Sopranos, I would tell you, watch Ted Lasso, okay? And that's nothing, no diss against Sopranos, okay? All right, Jen? I don't care. Okay, Jen? All right. <laughs> no, you have become the representative of <laughs> the Sopranos in this room. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but Ted Lasso is uh, really a great show. It came out during the pandemic. Um, I remember it kind of being just really a happy spot for me. I know um, that every week I would be like, oh, I'm super excited to watch, you know, Ted Lasso. It's this really good, like, dramedy. I mean, it does, because it does comedy so well. I mean, uh, Jason Sudeikis is just amazing, incredible as Ted Lasso. But it's also, it does drama really, really well, too. And it just, you're so sucked in because you love Ted so much. And so season two starts out and, you know, you're kind of like, okay, cool, you know, more of the same. I'm excited, I'm hyped. And you kind of get hit. I got hit in the stomach real quick because uh, they have a sports psychologist come on staff um, named Sharon Fieldstone. And she's going to help this player who kind of accidentally murders a dog. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm going to ruin everything. Spoiler um, alert, <laughs> Tommy. <laughs> no, no spoilies. All right, you didn't watch it. I, 15 seconds ago, I told you to watch it. Now we're done. So. Okay. Here, here we go. Um, you know, but anyway, so, so this happens. Um, Sharon Fieldstone is is uh, hired and uh, talks to Danny and and helps him figure things out. And so we 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 very much see this kind of uh, I don't know I kind of was saying like uh, a difference between Ted and how Sharon handled the the players. And Ted is just Ted is like one liners and jokes and you know these really like inspirational um, you know. Um, quotes and lines and he and he does great with them like they love Ted and Ted's overcome so much but um they he starts seeing I think Ted does and he gets insecure because Sharon starts really helping his players you know and and, and I, I think he's he's like I don't know what she's doing but it makes him a little nervous because therapy makes him nervous and what we see anyway throughout time is that Ted really starts to um you know appreciate Sharon um they become he becomes her client and Yada, yada, yada. That's great. I think the the biggest thing for me, though, as Jen was referring to earlier, is I love Sharon Fieldstone, the, the therapist, because of how she handles Ted's negative emotions. Mm. Ted is resistant, super resistant to yes. uh, therapy. He leaves. He he. He will start, um, you know, a therapy session and then he will just leave mid-session. And it's because he's so uncomfortable with his trauma. Well, and I think it's worth noting, too, he's uncomfortable because he has had a previous experience in therapy where he did not feel heard or represented in marriage counseling. 
so I think it's also a great example of how going to a therapist where you don't feel heard can really leave you with a lot of negative emotions around the mm-hmm. process. Right, right, I- exactly. When you don't have, again, I, I'm I'm not trying to make the, you know, trying to connect all the dots. I, hopefully we have trust in our, in our listeners. But again, kind of like, I feel like that is a negative relationship to have with somebody is specifically it's hard and in, in, in kind of family and, and um, you know, couples therapy is, you know, it seems like somebody's going to pick one side or the other. Mm-hmm. I think that that's what people of, often think, you know, there's a winner and a loser in these situations. And so Ted comes into this, you know, this moment kind of feeling like, hey, this person's going to judge me mm-hmm. and this person's going to pick me apart and they're not actually going to kind of hear me and kind of comfort me. And uh, Sharon, one of the biggest scenes I, I thought was uh, Ted was kind of oh sorry another spoily sorry but Ted I just I have to talk about this. Ted was kind of <laughs> Ted was kind of mentioning how you know how weird it was that you know Sharon charges people um, you know to to kind of do her job and um, and she and she inquires about him she says well Ted you know would you do what you do you know coach soccer coach football would you do what you do for free and he said yeah. He's, and, and she says, but you don't. He said, no, I don't. I do it for money. I do it for, you know, I have to. I have to in order to live. And she said, I do the same thing. I care about my clients. I care about my people. But I have to make a living too. And and for me, again, it's just this, she is a person just opened me up to be like, okay, you know, what we do is so great and amazing. And, and you know, sometimes we, we have Plenty, plenty of clients, you know, that um, it's hard and there's a struggle, but we do. The reason why we do this is because we care, you know, and, and mm-hmm. we fell in love with this, with this, you know, this field and we care about our, about our people. I think that's a really, really good point because I've had clients say kind of a similar thing to me, like even if it's just like those, just kidding, just kidding, like, oh, well, I pay you to do this. Oh, thank you for listening to me. Oh, yeah, I pay you. Kind of that's always that mm-hmm. that overarching thing. And I think that shows up for therapists too. Like we all go through internship for most of us. That internship is unpaid. Yeah. Um, so to make that transition from an unpaid internship to, oh, man, I'm the professional now that's charging 90 plus bucks for my sessions, like that feels feels some kind of way. Um, so I love that there's there's a depiction of that and a conversation of that of like, if I won the lottery today, I would still continue to do this job. Mm-hmm. I love this job. Um, but right now I have no winning lottery ticket. So like girls got to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't win the, I didn't win the 1.2 billion the other day. Oh, I thought you did. Yeah. I was sad. It was sad. <laughs> I was wondering why you didn't bring us coffee this morning. Well, That's valid. Well. Yeah, I, I apologize for that. No macchiatos today. Oh, so disappointing. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, for me. Okay. I mean, yeah. It's my turn now. I was thinking when I was coming up with this list and I was wondering, because I know in our original sort of outline, we had talked about movie and TV therapists. And I noticed that all the ones that I find really compelling are on television. Mm. And I spent some time trying to figure out why. And I realized it's because movie therapists so often, it's hard to resonate with them. You just see an 
session or two, you see snippets, you see the aha moments where it's like this big pivotal realization and it changes the client's life and they're moving forward and everything's going to be different now. And I mean, that's fantastic. That's wonderful. We do have those moments in our work. The thing that I like about TV depictions of therapists is it also shows the kind of nitty gritting, the nitty gritty daily Mm -hmm. sort of holding space. The fact that you put in so many sessions in between those aha moments, (laughs) establishing rapport, building trust, like laying all of that foundation before that can happen. And so I think that's why I find these therapeutic relationships that are depicted in television shows to be so compelling is because you have the luxury of exploring that over the course of a season or over the course of multiple seasons. And you see how much hard work goes into healing on both the client's part and the therapist's part, essentially. So there were two therapists that are like my favorite TV therapist currently. (laughs) Fraser Crane, sorry. Like, love you, but... Yeah. Take a back seat, sir. Take Your time a is done. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to start with Dr. Ryan. Uh, she is a therapist on a show called Never Have I Ever, yes. which is on Netflix, so by the way. Fantastic teen dramedy, I suppose. Yeah. Um, and the other one is Dr. Akopian on a television show that was on the CW called Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. So both not entirely similar shows, but they do share a certain theme, which is a journey towards healing of a complicated female character Mm. (laughs) (laughs) and the therapist who holds space along the way. So I think the thing I like about Dr. Ryan, first of all, as a therapist who works with teenagers, sarcasm is a valid intervention. And I like seeing that portrayed on the screen with her. Um, I also think it's sort of her patience and consistency is something that Mm. I find really interesting and compelling Um, because it shows how often like your client, a client can show up for therapy and can be consistent and can come every week, but how hard it can be to really approach the actual issue. Right. So we're talking and never have I ever the big issue underlying everything is Debbie's grief, this teenage girl who's lost her father. It's affecting her in all sorts of ways, right? It's showing up in her school. It's showing up in her relationship with her mom. It's showing up in her relationship with her friends. She doesn't want to talk about it. She wants to talk about boys. (laughs) She wants to find distractions. And so to see her therapist kind of show up consistently and gently, but very firmly handing her back, this is your grief. This is your grief. I don't know. I just think that's kind of special and kind of wonderful to see a depiction of that kind of work. Mm. She, yeah, I think you're right. You nailed it. She, I think she is also, I mean, that actress does it amazing. It it doesn't look like a caricature at all, Mm -mm. at all. I mean, it just like, it looks like what a real session looks like. It doesn't look like she's got any lines prepared. It looks like Davey comes at her and Dr. You know, and and Dr. Ryan's just like, okay, um, here we are today, you know, and because Davey always has, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, like Beck was saying, some sort of boy. It's a crisis of the week. She's coming in with a crisis of the week every week. That is not the actual underlying issue. Right, right. And and, and not to, but also I, I feel like. Dr. Ryan handles those negative emotions too. Yeah, like she does. When Davey, like, yeah, okay, I, I've spoiled too many things, but Davey goes through <laughs> something. Okay, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ruin. Never have I ever. All right, 
All you right. should see it, though. There's a third season that just came yeah. out. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> I think, Dr. Ryan, like, it's a great example, too, of, like, so clients will sometimes say, or we see those memes online of, like, my friend's my therapist. I can just talk to my friend, or I can just talk to this person or whatever. Dr. Ryan is a great example of, like, Davy comes in with, like, all this drama, right? All this stuff that she could talk to with her friends, talk to with whoever. And, like, they would be like, yes, let's talk about those boys and how horrible they are and blah, 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 blah. But Dr. Ryan is like, okay, I hear you. And, like, yes, mm-hmm. that is valid. And what are we doing here? Which I think is is the is one of the main purposes of a therapist we are here to talk to you about your drama and Mm -hmm. like deal with whatever the crisis is absolutely and we're also going to talk about like I think this stems from whatever the thing is yeah that's a fantastic point and my friends aren't going to do that for me they're going to be like yes girl you're right let's set this house on fire (laughs) right (laughs) yeah but yeah to be genuinely interested in and validate all of the feelings that come with like a high school love triangle for instance and also create the safe space for the questions of like well where are your responses coming from Mm. what's really underlying your reaction to these very valid, difficult crises of the week that you're coming in with, yes. Yeah. So you're right. It's that extra step from friend to therapist. Yes. That's a great way to put it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I feel like Dr. Kopian and Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, there's also a sort of similar consistency and patience that I find just really compelling because she also has a client that shows up to therapy Without necessarily wanting to do the real work. And she puts in the time and she becomes that safe person and establishes the trust to the point where they, when they do get to the real work, real change happens. Mm-hmm. But there's an element of blood, sweat, and tears that you get to see on behalf of both the client, who in this case is named Rebecca Bunch, um, and the therapist, Dr. Akopian. You kind of really see them working together and it looks like actual work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, well, you know, and sometimes the the phrase, you know, we don't want to see how the sausage is made or whatever. And I think that real therapy, is, that's what it looks like. I think, I think we're about to go a little bit deeper into just kind of characteristics that make up good therapy, you know, good therapeutic relationships and everything here in a second. But that is, you know, when I'm thinking about all these different characters, uh, and, and as you said, kind of like through TV shows, you know, it kind of actually does depict it a little bit more that there are some, you know, sessions that um, we don't, it doesn't feel like there's any progress being made, mm-hmm. you know, and there, and it doesn't feel like, you know, it does feel like, Hey, this was just a hard moment. This was mm-hmm. a hard space and we were able to kind of be in it together. And, and then there are times where, yeah, there's aha moments or there's, you know, kind of, Hey, this, this session felt different, but, uh, ultimately, um, it's, it's the process over the content. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, you can come in and you can talk. And, and I kind of, I think this way with all of my clients. And I, I, like I said, I love my clients. I'm so excited. But I know that the first time I meet you, you're going to have a lot of things to say and a lot of content. Mm-hmm. But there is this piece of you don't, you don't know me yet. You can't trust me yet. Mm-hmm. So you can tell me the words. 
you can tell me that some of the stories, but it's going to take us a couple of weeks, a couple of months to finally know what those emotions and what those like, you know, actual difficult spaces are, you know? And so I can hear the words, I can hear the content, but we're, it's going to take us a while for you to trust me and to trust the process and for Mm -hmm. us to kind of be in a space where it's like kind of meaningful moments. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. And that's great. And that's perfect. It is. It's the process behind the progress. Right. And that's what you don't always get to see in like yeah. films, but in TV shows, the growth and the process and just the journey, because it is a journey between two people in a room. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's a climb, really. <laughs> Thank you, Miley. If you think about it. I don't really know the words to that, but I feel like that would be appropriate, uh, an appropriate stanza of that. Um, Jen, if you don't mind. I could. And a three. And a two. And <laughs> no. Moving <laughs> um, on. came in like a wreck. That's a different song. Oh, I thought that was the same. Oh. No. I mean, we can do a mashup. Bong maybe song, later. Tommy. <laughs> Faux pas, Tommy. Gosh. <laughs> talking about all these great and phenomenal therapists. Um, I would like to take a second. We just touched on it and some things you guys said, like we as therapists acknowledge that the client come into the room, comes into the room with some stuff and we sit in that discomfort and we sit in those real human emotions. Um, we as therapists have emotions too. Mm-hmm. Um, we are humans. I always tell my clients, you're a human before you're a mother, sister, worker, whatever the case may be. Um, we too are humans before we're therapists. So one of my other favorite movie therapists um, is from the is from the movie show. She's a, it's a TV show. Sorry, guys. From the TV show Atypical, which is also on Netflix. It's phenomenal. Um, it's about a boy who is on the autism spectrum and he's going through life. There's some family stuff, like all the dramas going on. Um, but throughout his therapeutic relationship with Dr. Julia, he confesses his love for her. Um, which I don't know about you, but that happens sometimes. <laughs> and and what I love about this show is Dr. Julia is she's a human and she's portrayed as a human and you get to see her life and kind of what she's going through. So unfortunately, when the main character kind of confesses that he has these feelings for her, she like loses it. And she goes off on him and she kind of blows up a bit. And and even though that is not an appropriate response for a therapist to have to a client and like mm-hmm. part of the show is her kind of trying to continue this relation, like therapeutic relationship with him or kind of determine if she needs to refer him or what needs to happen there. Um, it's a great moment of like we are humans mm-hmm. and things can affect us as well. And we're trained. We have great training mm-hmm. to keep that poker face. Me, not so much really. And truly. <laughs> um, but to keep that poker face or that persona and like be your therapist, but we're humans too. Mm-hmm. We're right. not perfect. And right. I think that's important to, to say and to acknowledge. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but Jen, you know, I really appreciate, you know, you kind of saying that about, Therapists being humans, and ultimately, I mean, obviously we are. Um, I mean, We're no disrespect, too. If, right? If you're an alien or you know something else, I mean, no <laughs> That's disrespect. Okay too. Again, yeah, no disrespect. But at the core, you know, we we are we have these feelings, we have these emotions, we have obviously family of origin backgrounds, we have you know trauma and experiences, and um, it makes me think of like 
again, maybe some of the depictions we've seen in the in the past are were really like these like almost like wizard therapists or like these ideas of like uh, or like a house, you know. And I know a house isn't like a therapist, but it's like I'm going to figure everything out, mm-hmm. you know, just like this. And it's it's that's just not that's not fair. It's that you like that. I think that that actually loses the magic of what it is. Like the magic of therapy is relationship. It's not just these like oh I can look at you and I can tell that you're this diagnosis. The magic is is I know that you have this diagnosis and I sit with you and I help you figure that out and then you get to kind of you know finally unearth the vehicle to help yourself find recovery, you know? And so it's, but I sat with you through that whole, however long it was, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's not just saying a bunch of, you know, really quippy things. Um, Even though quippy things are fun sometimes. Don't get me wrong, you know? Absolutely valid therapeutic intervention. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) Right. But, you know, I mean, talking a little bit more about the therapeutic alliance. I mean, because that is it, right? Is it therapy... The, the, the gains that you make in therapy, the change that you achieve in therapy, the wisdom that you attain about yourself and the self-knowledge comes from what we call the therapeutic alliance, which is just a fancy term for, hey, we're two humans in the room who have mutual trust and respect and unconditional positive regard for one another. And it's kind of shocking, actually, how effective that is. I know somebody's got some research on that who wants to jump in with some numbers. So I think a good a good kind of, tra- not transition, introduction to this while Tommy's getting his numbers ready, um, is that people, people wonder why therapy works, right? They wonder what that magic pill is or what makes it su- successful or like, what are we going to do as therapists to make sure they achieve their goals? Um, joke's on you. We don't do that much, but <laughs> <laughs> we do. We do a lot. And Tommy has some specific things that that kind of give some light onto why this works. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. So this is um, this is factors contributing to success of psychotherapy from uh, MJ Lambert, and it's it's so it's just it's basically it's a pie chart. You can't see that, so maybe there'll be a link somewhere that you can look at this. But um, it talks about the different you know uh, factors, and so the the very first one is like this placebo effect or the hope or expectations, which is, we can't rule that out. That's a really big thing. That's a great mm-hmm. thing. Of like when you come here, you want to, you know, you want to feel better. Then type of therapy. Okay. So the type of therapy that, you know, we're using, you know, is CBT working for you? Is that, you know, are you more suited for, uh, you know, narrative therapy? And, but 30% um, and is patient therapist relationship. Thirty percent, and uh, it's 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 huge. But. I thought you said it was more than that. Well, on this one, it's thirty okay. <laughs> percent. Well, I think in like historically too, it's been about thirty three percent. Okay, like okay. you have like in this particular one that that hope expectancy is fifteen percent. The type of therapy is fifteen percent, and then there's this other factors kind right. of portion there that's forty percent. Yeah. Um, that's probably made up of like your readiness to change. Um, the environment that you're in um, is your family supportive, your friends supportive. Right. Like, mm-hmm. do you do you have that set up? Probably some financial stuff. Can you pay? Does a therapist accept your insurance? That kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but the <laughs> fair, the biggest, fair. you guys, the biggest portion of this that is identified is that patient therapist relationship, that therapeutic alliance. Right. Like that, that's a big deal. Research shows that that's a big deal. Yeah. 
And I remember hearing this statistic in grad school, Mm -hmm. and I was telling Tommy this earlier. Part of me was really relieved because obviously I felt really wobbly on my techniques at that point. I'm in grad school. I don't know what I'm doing. And so part of me was relieved like, oh, it doesn't matter what I do. And then part of me was really scared because that meant that my effectiveness as a therapist had more to do with who I was than what I did. And that felt terrifying because I'm like, oh, my God, if I suck at this, that means that that's like personal feeling. (laughs) I suck. Oh, no. (laughs) And so just the enormity of it felt it felt really heavy for a moment until I realized, like, once I got out in the fields and started my internship and then eventually went into practice, that that's like where the magic is that we've talked about in the past, that that alliance is so cool and how absolutely amazing it is that who I am is part of what makes that magic happen. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, and who you are is is also, you know, you're able to join with, you know, your clients mm-hmm. in, in this process, you know. And joining, I don't know if, uh, and I'm sorry, this is kind of like a, a quote-unquote technical term, but joining just, it was just the funniest term to me because I was like, <laughs> they didn't do really good with that one. They were just like, uh, so y'all are going to join together. Joining. Got it. Done. It was like... <laughs> It's like they were running out of time to come up with this phrase. And I was like, yeah, joining. That makes sense. So therapeutic alliance or joining. Um, what's fascinating about it for me, too, coming from a systemic um, more mindset, and that's what family therapy is. You know, we kind of think about systems or how humans interact. And is because of the initial phase of it, which is basically therapist or, you know, therapy is like an error message. You know, when I enter your your system, it's like, what is this? Why are you here? <laughs> yeah. What is this? You know, and to the point where our kind of belief is, and I, I know that it looks very similar with, you know, with, with y'all, but is very similar, you know, is I get to join the system, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's why the word joining is very cool and very interesting is because we do, we join the entire system and we're a part of it. And then there's also this departure, you know, eventually of, you know, I get to, to kind of be part of this, this family system for a while and interact with you. And then we get to kind of part ways. I just had this vision in my head of like everything in your life, like is represented by a person or whatever. And all these people are sitting at this table and there's a lot in people's lives. Right. So there's a lot of people at the table. So we as therapists, like, I'm sure you guys have like seen that meme or that TikTok where like the animal is like, trying to sit on top of somebody or next to someone and they're like I'm just gonna I'm just gonna scooch in right here um that's kind of what we're doing as a therapist when we like start to form this alliance we're like I'm just gonna scooch in right here and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk and stuff and then kind of as as therapy comes to an end and we've accomplished our goals like we have a bigger spot at the table right Mm -hmm. so when we when we depart and our client goes off to do great things with their lives like we leave them all the resources and all the information and all Mm -hmm. that but but there is a relationship ending there too. Right. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. So next That's time I nice see a new visual. client, I'm going to be like, I'm just going to scooch in right here. <laughs> just going <laughs> to scooch in. <laughs> so I think I'm hearing, like, to just condense some of what we've said, what makes a good therapist has to do with authenticity and connection. Yes. And scooching in to, like, where they are exactly in that moment when they come into your office. Yeah. I think so. I think, yeah, I mean, just like all these different people we've talked about, I mean, all, all, we didn't, none of us really said any of our anti-therapists, but you know, it's like, 
anything, anybody that I think about that's almost like, you know, somebody that's a negative therapist is somebody that is, has all the answers. Judgmental. And, and is ready to mm-hmm. judge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Talks all the time, doesn't allow the client to talk. Right. And violates boundaries. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah, I think we've really identified it's a therapist that can hold boundaries, that can scooch in exactly where you're at and accept you without judgment and sort of establish trust. That's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is it is it time for my turn? Is it, it is. My turn? It's time for your thing, Jen. <laughs> J to the C, the breakdown. Here it is. J to the C, the breakdown. Here it is. J to the C, the breakdown. Here it is. The breakdown with Dr. Jen. <laughs> that was amazing. Um, our... <laughs> That was so good. So for today's breakdown, so we've talked a lot about the therapeutic alliance and how that is 30% of like why therapy is magic, why this magic works. Um, I want to take a second and talk about that 15% that is theory and modality, aka the type of therapy that is used. We mentioned our last episode um, that there's tons of different types of therapists out there, that the counseling field is full of alphabet soup and there's so many letters and so many things. So I want to take a second and just demystify a little bit the type of therapy. Yeah, look at that. So... I think I can say pretty safely that when clients come and talk to me about a type of therapy, the number one therapy that they mention, and you guys tell me if this is your experience too, is CBT yep. or cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that is the most widely known and recognized type of therapy. CBT has a good PR team. Yeah. It's out there. Like the yeah. word has spread. Yeah. We need to talk to them. Um, so... At its core, CBT is just identifying negative thought patterns and reframing or replacing them with positive thought patterns. So if we have a client who comes in and says, I suck at everything and I am no good at everything and I fail at everything, we say, okay, I wonder if you fail at everything or if this thing you're trying to do right now is just really hard and it's going to take a minute to figure it out and be successful at it. And that's kind of where we start. True CBT is very directive. You get a lot of worksheets. You get a lot of there's homework, um, homework take home stuff. Right. Yeah. Um, and it tends to last forever. Forever. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very long one. Yeah. Um, and I think every modality, every therapy has some aspect of CBT in it. We don't want you walking around with those negative thoughts. We always want to work on those. Right. So CBT is a big one. Another therapy that I feel is pretty pretty well known, even though it may not be known by this phrase, is person-centered therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, Carl Rogers, my homeboy, Woo! yeah, <laughs> he he brought to therapy the idea that like we we show up as our real and true selves, and our clients show up as their real and true selves, and we accept them, and we love them, and we just like care about them no matter what um the idea that you are not a bad person no matter what you do no matter what you say no matter what you think sometimes those feeling thoughts or behaviors are just maladaptive or unhealthy but you are good you Mm -hmm. are worthy you are everything Mm -hmm. and that's where i fall um that's kind of my base theory yeah i think a lot of us here at connect are like that (laughs) 
Um, so you can come in. I was nah. joking. <laughs> yeah, Tommy, Tommy likes you. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Worksheets, buddy. So I like to joke with clients. You can come in and you can tell me that you killed somebody and hid their body in the freezer section at Walmart. And I'm just going to be like, okay, how are we feeling about that? Because you are good and you are worthy and you deserve to take up space in my office. Everyone deserves to take up the space they occupy. Um, let's see. And you guys check in. Other types of therapy that we offer here at Connect. Um, child-centered play therapy, again, comes from that Carl Rogers child-centered therapy, except we're doing it with kiddos. If someone was to sit in on a session, it would literally just look like we were playing with a kid. Um, sitting on the floor, building Legos or watching them, you know, create a battle with action figures, whatever that may look like. But we're looking for themes. We're trying to figure out like what they may need to work on as far as coping skills all through play because play is a child's language. Some other things that you might hear, um, one of the hot theories that is a really good theory that I also use and Tommy uses it, I know, is internal family systems, mm, IFS. It's a good one. It is this idea that we are made, all made up of parts and um, we have our one true self, but some, some of these parts get in the way. Um, like I have a therapist part of when I am feeling sad or anxious, my therapist part tends to come in and say, well, you should know how to do this. You should know how to figure this out because you're a therapist. And myself has to remind them, yes, I am a therapist and I am also human and I'm allowed to feel how I feel. So parts is pretty popular. Um, other things we do here, EMDR, eye movement, desensitization and, repro and reprocessing and brain spotting. Both of those are ways to work through traumatic events, work through high anxiety. Um, they are specialized trainings. Therapists go on to to be able to do those modalities. We have art therapy and music therapy, which is pretty common in the field. Please know that though those two are incredibly valid and important and effective, they are certifications and not licenses. Um, quite often you will hear about someone who got their degree in art therapy or music therapy. Awesome. Phenomenal. Um, and those are not licensed. So they, when they're doing therapy, quite often they are also a licensed professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, whatever. Anything that any big ones that I'm missing, you guys that you guys know of or practice from yourselves? Well, just just the I mean, kind of the couples and families we offer that as well. Yeah, so a lot of us come from an EFT or emotionally focused therapy background. Um, basically, I don't care that the dishes weren't unloaded. I care about how you feel about how the dishes weren't unloaded um, and everything else that <laughs> happened in your past. <laughs> Dang. Um, Cut to the core. <laughs> a lot of us are trained in Gottman, which is is really phenomenal. Um, to me, Gottman is a lot like here's some explanations, here's some some worksheets and some things we can do to focus on. Um, and then I kind of come in with the EFT for the emotion. Um, there are a couple of us who are trained in prepare and rich, um, which is premarital counseling. That's the prepare part. And then kind of an assessment of where you are in your relationship. That's the enrich part. What else can you guys think of? Well, like narrative, solution focus. Yeah. So. Yeah. So centered around storytelling, centered around um, that's narrative. Solution focus is we want to figure out how to get through this particular time now. So we're going to really focus on coping skills and what we can do in the moment versus like unpacking the trauma potentially. Um, so all that to say, there are tons and tons of modalities that most therapists, if your therapist practices a modality, they should have training in it, um, have gone to... Lord knows how many CEUs. Um, <laughs> I had to do 150 CEUs to be certified in, uh, to be registered play therapist. So it is a lot. Um, and mm -hmm. we all have very spe specialized trainings depending on what we're interested in. So just to add some more to that alphabet soup and give you some more fun things to research as you're sitting home alone this Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, you're looking up what these therapies mean. You mean and, people don't do that? And they're watching videos about these. These No, I'm sure they do. I, I know a lot of people that do. No, that's actually incredibly helpful. It's really um, good. I've had a lot of friends reach out when they're looking for a therapist, and they'll go to psychology today and look at these profiles. They're like, wait, what is EFT? Wait, what is CBT? Yeah. What do I want? That helped me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So this is wonderful to work with because it's knowing that other percentage. And it also, I mean, these modalities affect sort of the relationship, right? Yes, if you want absolutely. somebody that kind of tells you what to do a little bit more, that is more directive, find a therapist that operates out of CBT. It's a little more teachy. It's a little more worksheet-ish. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> As a client, it's not that is my not favorite. For me. Yeah. <laughs> but it works really great for yes, some people. But yeah, these are things that you know about yourself, and it depends on the sort of relationship that you would like to have with the person that you're in the therapy office yeah. as well. Right. So That's good. I mean, it plays is, into that. Yeah. I think, I mean, it go it all goes hand in hand. And I think that, you know, CBT is kind of more of this modern, you know, right and wrong kind of thing and and as as all of all of these different uh you know models that that Jen was just talking about you know I feel like hopefully you're with a therapist that is kind of you know kind of utilizing all sorts of different things to kind of help you in the place that you're at you know and maybe that's a a me a me thought about um models but uh being integrative but it's just it's just hard to um you know to know exactly what everybody needs in 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 one moment or not and so yeah. kind of getting to know the person and the uniqueness of them uh mm-hmm. and then being able to use the models but you know thank you jen thank i you, appreciate jen. you for for doing that for the breakdown <laughs> well and tell me you made a good point i think all of us would identify as as eclectic we all use a lot of different theories um and i this is my personal thought I feel it's really important that we are grounded in one specific theory um so that's why I say like I am grounded and person-centered I use a bunch of stuff um but that I will always come back to you are a good person and worthy to be here no matter what um and ask your therapist please please don't be afraid if you are just seeking out therapy or you've been with your therapist for years like ask them what they do you know we love to talk about this stuff so I know that they would love to share that with you so that you can be more educated and and involved as well that is good. That is good. Yeah. I well, think you guys, thing. this has been super fun. I think we're about due for our next on. Yeah, I think we're... Um... Can I do it? Yes, yes. please do I'm it, I'm so Jen. excited about our next episode, y'all. Okay, so coming up, um, probably in the next month you're going to hear it, um, we will be doing an episode about animal-assisted therapy. <gasps> If you recall in one of our early episodes, I work with a therapy dog named Zero. He's my little co-therapist. So we're going to be talking with Ashley Dantzler, who is one of our colleagues here at Connect, about the ins and outs of animal-assisted therapy, what it looks like, what it doesn't look like, um, Mm -hmm. and who may be appropriate to to have this this awesome opportunity. So stay tuned for Only Therapist in the Building, episode four. Dun-dun-dun. That was fantastic. Well done. That was really good. We'll see you next time. Let's hear from Squarespace. No? Okay. (laughs) Love you. Bye. 
Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us and Connect Counseling Center on our website, connectcounselingcenter.com. This podcast is for informational and psychoeducational purposes only. If you are experiencing any kind of emergency, please call 911, go to your nearest ER, or call the helpline at 988.